Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today I have David Chung on the podcast. The interview with him is going to be interesting. It's about artificial intelligence in the cardiac space. He's the head of Harewell USA, a partner of Intel Life Sciences AI division. He's a patient-turned-AI technologist. He's not a doctor or a scientist. He's just an average American citizen with an above-average appetite for fixing the healthcare system. Much like all of us, he's made it personal. And uh, as a Penn State engineering major, He's kept a keen sense of science and tech and logic in his approach toward tackling some of these issues of applying AI into healthcare, in particular cardiology. Call him a mixed bag. He's an engineer that worked in the industrial, the service, the IT, and legal spaces, and now the healthcare industry to try to make a difference. He is somebody that also suffered from a mild arrhythmia, his sister had some issues with congenital heart disease. So he's made it very personal and he's very passionate about learning about all the possible ways that we could use AI, artificial intelligence, to eradicate heart diseases. And his aspiration is to collaborate with innovators from all over the globe to solve on this mission. And so uh, it's a true privilege to to have hosted him on the Outcomes Rocket. So take a listen and uh, I think you'll enjoy our interview about how they're applying AI to make cardiology and heart diseases less of an issue. So it's a true privilege to have you here on the podcast, David. Thanks for joining. Yeah, you're welcome. So what else would you like to highlight to the listeners? And in particular, I'd like to know more about why you got into the medical sector. Yeah, really, I really got into the medical sector with more like a faith or I'm actually a patient myself. I got into it because I know in the world of business, you can create efficiency to drive everything better and faster. But one thing that hurts the most, my mom always say, health as well. When you have a heart attack, you have a need of diseases, you don't have any choices. If you mm-hmm. work, you're not healthy, you cannot work. If you're not healthy, you cannot work, you cannot put food on the table. It's important for everyone to have health. And I want to bring health to everyone. And that's important. It's important to me as of everyone because... My family has a history of not really good health genetically. Well, I think that's a great, great call out, David. And health is wealth. And I would say even more, right? And, and so when we discuss this topic, you and I had the chance to connect beforehand. The difference between merely innovating versus marketizing. I'd love to dive into that idea with the listeners here. What are your thoughts on that? Why is it important? Well, it's important because health is actually, look at it as an oxygen. It belongs to everyone. Everyone should have it. I could literally innovate anything or anybody could innovate anything. A lot of things is actually very effective for patient population. But how is it being disseminated to be able to deploy to everyone? That's the key. Take it for example, you know, I could develop a very popular wearable devices that can measure a lot of physiological data. What happened if this device is actually out of reach because it's too expensive or is being incorrectly marketed to a specifically concentration of chronic disease patients, where the, while it could actually be pushed to every single patient to be used to predict 
prevent to to for preventive healthcare. So that's important. Is try not to focus in solving a problem or just for the chronic disease population. Focus in the overall health population, even outside of the hospital, and try to market that in a very affordable way. It's a challenge, not only for me, for every other big giant company's industry too. I think it's a really great call out. You know, it's uh, if you innovate, that's not necessarily enough. You gotta be able to market that innovation and make it available. And so, tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you do at uh, Carewell and Intel Life Science, the, the AI division over there. What are you guys doing to marketize better? We're doing an artificial intelligence business. So mm-hmm. we're pulling all patient data to create an artificial intelligent engine that can protect heart diseases. Our example would be a typical of a patient would call 911 when they have heart attack. What I have is artificial intelligence that can predict it, your impending, impeding a disease's patients before you call 911. That's great. But how do we even market that, right? Yeah. So we have to be simple. Look at today's physicians, right? You have Epic, you have Cerner's, you have this machine, you have that machine, you have this platform, that platform. Uh, there's no way be enough for them to lock in everything in the world. They got five, six, seven programs opening. The last thing I want to do is to be another provider, a solution provider to add another platform for you to look at. But then um, my, our strategy of marketing is to do partnership interconnected with the most well-known system out there and create a platform that's open-ended where any AI solution can plug it in and just go into one place and seamlessly get all the data where you want it and monitor all this patient if you want. That's our strategy has been doing, has been treating well. So make it simple. Simple is really the key. Doctors don't have a lot of time. The time should be spent on patients, not looking at data, logging in a couple of websites, forgot the password. That's not fun for them. Love it. Now, it's a great call out. And it sounds like you guys have a, a quick way into the market. G- give us an example. So have you guys launched or are you still in development? We are in, well, we have already developed this. The technology was spent around 150 million US dollars. It has a database about 100 times more than the recent study from Mayo Clinic. And it's highly accurate. You know, CE mark is FDA approved. Currently, there aren't anybody be able to compete with this. But my challenge is that, back to the solution, how do I launch it to uh, let the public know about this advanced technology? We are launching this for the first phase in North America, United States, and uh, through a telehealth platform. You're mm-hmm. a telehealth platform. Why don't you just click the button? Here we go. AI power. You can have all your decisions within five seconds and predict your patient's heart disease attack before it happens. So that's one way to do it. October 2nd will be the launch in California. So we're very excited about that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I could give a good speech, tell a little bit more about this too. Yeah. Well, listen, it's around the corner and you're saying one of the ways people will be able to get access is if they're currently using your telehealth platform. What telehealth platform is that? I can't say. <laughs> oh. Okay, gotcha. Say, yeah, but uh, it's a very popular, well-known telehealth platform. Got it. It's so, a partnership. Yeah, it's a partnership. Got it, got it, got it. It's very well-known and is um, even the NASA is using the same platform. Look at that. Got to stay NASA. So it's pretty secure, I would say. Very cool. Well, a great opportunity around the corner to access AI and clinical decision support, predictive analytics, 
it's all very exciting. And, and so these types of advances don't happen easily. And so I'd love to hear from you, David, what you believe is maybe a setback that you guys had in the development of this technology that, that led to a big aha and the reason why the platform's as strong as it is today. Time. I would say time and resources and also very importantly, the, the need for this is very important. That makes us to say, aha, we need to solve this problem. So look at statistically, America has about 28 million adult population diagnosed with heart diseases. For me, it doesn't matter for me to spend $150 million for this. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's $3 per person. And then if I could predict heart disease for $3, not only I could reduce a lot of ER visits, aha, <laughs> and then I could reduce, I could uh, predict heart attack. So you have planned surgeries, aha, for patients actually were diagnosed incorrectly. And then now they just misdiagnosis, the reimbursement denial, the wrong use of drugs, lawsuits, all those would be gone. Uh-huh. So I think it makes sense. So that was the aha moment that we had. Like, why don't we do this? Challenge has been, you know, this is artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is very simple. You have to demystify it. It's mixed, as simple as training a child how to read a book. You could feed a thousand books for the child. And there's two pieces of important co- component to this. One, those books have to be clean and accurate. It's medical data. You feed it structural-wise. And second of all, you also have to have board-certified cardiologists train this child how to read this book. You're not just going to feed this data, what they call machine learning, and then read itself. You know what happens when I tell, tell my son to read a bunch of books? They're not going <laughs> to... <they're not> gonna... <laughs> best thing, and then let the son rip and launch in the public and do clinical decisions. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, time too, right? You know, you got to continue doing this again and again, again. Every time you make an error, my board certified cardiologist is going to correct the machine learning AI brain and keep doing multiple iterations two and a half years later, $150 million. And uh-huh, we got it work. But uh, for the cost of really democratized healthcare, because we, we need it for all from patients that actually already diagnosed with heart diseases or from patients or just public didn't know they had it in general heart disease patients or populations. Yeah, no, that's a uh, fascinating work. And, and so the data, I, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering like, where did you guys get all this data? I know Intel is a self-insured employer. Is that where a lot of it is coming from? A lot of, uh, a lot of data is actually coming from outside different country. So I do have well, Intel partnership is Intel actually building us a custom AI chip that can actually process artificial intelligence decision without the user internet. So that's a strong arm about Intel. Hmm. And they have the latest technology called OpenVINO, OpenVU platform. So in the inference, it's actually 16 times faster. What that means is that, you know, you think about your laptop that has 8 gig RAM. Um, yeah. I am 16 times of that. I don't even know what the math is. So. <laughs> So I can I could spin up AI at that speed. So that allows us to make decision making and create a lot faster, more accurate. And so and so Intel has a chip that will be able to be in, like I guess used in in a lot of these devices. That's correct. Yes, and we are a very large device manufacturer. So example would be I could put a chip in a twelve lead device within Ambulatory. Instantly, it's going to be AI diagnostics, CE and FDA approved. 
and you do not need, it's completely disconnected. You don't need to connect to anything. No internet, no network. You don't need AWS. You don't need Azure, nothing. That can also be applied into stick a chip in a telehealth platform. Now you can diagnose patients remotely, even in Africa, because we do have project with the Gates Foundation too. Fascinating. Fascinating work. And, and the promise is, is pretty big. Now, tell me a little bit more about the interface and you know, who looks at it and our frontline physicians looking at it, our administrators looking at it, both. What does that look like? And how yeah, is the value question. delivered? Yeah, good question. The value delivery is simple. Interface to a physician is it's just another tool for them to click to learn. They don't like it. No one likes it. We have a interface that's actually already through a telehealth partnership, the telehealth platform. We're going to build this where you can click one button. You can send Bluetooth data from your device, shoot it to the telehealth platform. And then the data is going to shoot it to the cloud or chip, chip version. And then one more button, the result comes back. Here's the decision, a fully annotated report, completely with a full um, transparency of all the symptoms that diagnosed for this patient. So that's what we want, two buttons. And we don't want to make it complicated and have to charge you hundreds of dollars for consultant fees. No. Simple. 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 And is the main niche right now the cardiac space or are there more areas that you guys are focusing on? Great question. Yeah, we are focusing, hyper-focusing cardiac space because, you know, we are a uh, 20 years old company, Mm -hmm. uh, $8 billion. And we're in the business for a long time. So we are keen to all the clinical decisions and we have the clinical uh, ability to do cardiac diagnostics. Now, we are expanding to other area. Of course, uh, a lot of people call this triple aim. You have the COP, yes. uh, diabetes, <laughs> and the heart disease. Uh, but we want to focus in the heart disease first because it is the most expensive. If you look at the U.S. band, the three point, I think $3.5 trillion right now for the whole U.S. on healthcare, 50% of that is really belong to cardiovascular disease related. Diabetes releases a heart cardiovascular you have the lungs that goes out after that. If you have bad heart, everything goes, the kidneys goes along. So um, heart is the main key to the function to everything in the body. For sure. For sure. No, super exciting. And uh, man, with the launch around the corner, what would you want the listeners who might be potential users of the technology to know? Is here, embrace it. A lot of folks ask me the questions and they have a little fear of artificial intelligence. So I would say that, you know, artificial is being known as a fourth industrial uh, revolution. It's just as important as somebody who created internet. So think about the jobs that we lost from typewriter, data entry. Now actually become Excel analytic jobs. So it's a great job. You're going to create more jobs. So please don't be fear, having fear of artificial intelligence. It's not going to replace you. Look at artificial intelligence as a tool. They look for needles in a haystack. We're just, we're not going to replace you. We're just going to help you do all the mundane tasks, looking up all the biomarkers and surface it up to on top of the needles, on top of the haystack. You, cardiovascular surgeon uh, and nurses, you decide and you pick what's the best outcome solution for your patient treatment. Makes your life easier. And uh, I think we've been, our customers, surgeons already been chasing behind the eight ball a lot of time. Diagnose, diagnose again, diagnose, diagnose again, and uh, it's frustrating. So uh, that's uh, be brave, 
this is going to create a lot more jobs and a lot more opportunity, not only for the healthcare industry, for also the whole economy, more programming jobs, more somebody, more, more everything. I think that's... Yep. No, it's a great message, David. And, and I love the optimism and the courage to look at this for what it is, right? I mean, a large problem that could benefit from a simple solution. And I love the way you guys are doing it with your partnerships to, to give access. By the time this goes live, probably within a few weeks, the solution will go live. Where can the listeners go to learn more? Do you have a website? Yeah, where, where can they go to learn more? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, our website is not as important as I think we are wanted to be to be. Intel, of course, you go to Intel, you can search about me. But uh, if you are on LinkedIn, just hashtag A-I-E-C-G. Just all- A-I-E-C-G. Hashtag, hashtag A-I-E-C-G. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, David Chung. That's probably one of me in the world actually doing it right now. So pretty- <laughs> I love it. Other that, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm typically having discussion globally with other innovative, innovative companies. And, you know, I have discussion with NHS in London. I have discussion all the way to uh, Pakistan University and also Ireland. Ireland got some very cool uh, you know, genomic uh, testing with AI too. Um, I met a CEO over there not long ago. Great folks. So technology has no limit. It doesn't have to limit in one country or one innovator. So whoever got the best, you know, work all together, deliver the best solution, not only for U.S., for we are global citizens, deliver to everyone, every country. Uh, let's win it all together. I love it, David. This has been uh, an amazing discussion and, and uh, really looking forward to seeing the technology come out and uh, really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thanks for the time. Uh, Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.